hearts of the fathers being turned back to the children and then the children's hearts being turned back to their fathers. Amen. Let's give our fathers another hand clap. God bless you today. Happy Father's Day, men. Amen. It's Father's Day and it's summer and we got more than half the church on vacation and that's awesome. Congratulations to vacation time. We're for that, by the way. And a lot of them are on, online right now enjoying being with us still in spirit. And that's important for how God carries his fresh word from heaven to all of us. Daddy loves us, don't he? Amen. And uh, I love fathers. They've impacted my life over the years. Key men that stood up to the opportunity that God gave them to be an influence in my life it's the reason I'm standing here right now, and I can't thank the Lord enough for doing what he does to get his hope to us like he gets it to us. Without him, we could do nothing, but he knows how to get us to where we need to be. And regardless of where you are today, whether you feel like it's unfair or you're just going through all kinds of stuff right now that you really don't want to go through, the Lord wants you to know he's not, he's not bothered by the fact that, uh, amen, that you feel like you are unworthy he has a way of it giving you the kind of experience now that lets you know you are accepted you are valued you are special and your best days are before you isn't that good and he don't wait till tomorrow to do that he is a now god now faith is the substance of things hoped for that means he's speaking right now to who that to you and me that will give him an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying. That's so important for you all to catch that. Amen. You have the ability to hear what the Spirit is saying right now. I know in our world, and our culture, if you could hear the Spirit saying they need, they, they, they'll tell you to go see a psychiatrist, you, you're, going, you're going crazy. And, uh, amen, that's the way our culture and our world tries to dumb down and suppress what God is in the middle of doing. Hey Amen. Anybody feel like you might be feeling God right now in the room? You know, and you come in, you know, it's a good atmosphere, good energy, and ah, that's, that, that might be God in the room. Okay, just you considering the might is huge because he, he will get bigger if you'll let him. He's as real as you'll let him be. I like this about our Heavenly Father. He is the gentleman of all gentlemen. Our Heavenly Father does not push himself on nobody. He asks if we'll, he'll stand there and knock on the door gently, and he'll come with a still, small, you know, not yelling at no one, voice, amen, asking us to let him come in and sit down with us because he's got some things to say to us that's going to make you feel so special and so validated. But, Pastor, you don't know what I've been involved in. You don't know what I've been thinking. You don't know what I touched. You don't know what I did. And that's not our Heavenly Father's concern. Amen. He, he loves to take his babies and change their diapers and put powder on them, clean the puke up. Amen. And he knows how, amen, to make us smell good. Because his presence is a sweet-smelling savor. And he'll get it all over you if you let him. Because he loves you. I don't know why I'm going this direction, but it's just the way it fits right now. Amen. Daddy wants you to know he ain't looking down on nobody. If you're breathing, if you're breathing, he's after you. For you to go to, to the worst place you can go, you, you, only way you can get there is you got to go past him to get there multiple times. I, I can't tell you how many times, amen, that he gun, he, he'll stop us and say, why are you going that way? Don't go that way. Come over here. Let me, let me show you what I have for you this way. And I mean, he will go overboard trying to get our attention just to trust him with he's the right way. He's the right truth. He's the right life. Amen. And, and, and just consider it, just pause for, as I would say, station identification. Just pause for a moment and just ask him. 
Amen? Feel after him. And so everybody can feel God if you because you have been built, it's been built into you by God, amen, this thing to feel after. If anyone, man, woman, boy, girl, feels after him, he certainly comes to his temple. Amen. He chose you of all of creation because he's a good heavenly father. And he's revealing himself. And I'm, for that, I'm thankful. I want to say, though, to, to you that want to catch vision that matters in the next few weeks, we will be starting our vision portion on Sundays. We'll, uh, and, and we won't be doing it during this time. We'll be doing it at 9 a.m. We're just working all that out. So keep signing up so that you can catch the vision of the house and join with the house, you that want to, amen, and every life changer that wants to get caught up on what unity looks like because God blesses unity, amen? What are we going after? What's our objectives? And so since it's not me and Jesus, we have our own thing going. That's not God's plan, amen? It don't work that way. Long Ranger never gets uh, free from trouble by himself. He has to have Tonto come help him <laughs> every time. Tonto never gets in trouble because he's always going to hang out with, you know, it's Long Ranger wanting to be the Long Ranger. And Christianity is pulled into that idea. And when we do that, we miss out on what our Heavenly Father wants to bless us with. And so today, I'm going to be talking to you about the difference between a hero and a saint. Amen. The difference between a hero and a saint. Now, as a son, I remember growing up that uh, my daddy was my hero. About this tall up above. And then the Lord, you know, had other plans and took my daddy, amen, and he's enjoying the last 40 years. Wonderful things with daddy. And, but God put other people in my life that, begin to influence me but it, isn't it interesting that in most children that their their daddy is their hero to it for a time and then they grow out of him being their hero and he becomes they don't say it pastor <laughs> amen the daddy jokes ain't no more fun and so he loses hero status for some reason that's what the world does amen but God never intended for our daddies to be heroes. God intended for our daddies to be men of God, saints. And I'm not talking about the idea that you are a saint after you die, that you, you'll reach that level of sainthood because you died and because of your, what you did on earth, that makes you a saint. No, he wants you to step into that role now. Amen. Let me read to you. We'll read you a few passages, and then we're just going to spend a few moments today talking about the difference between a hero and a saint. Ephesians 2.18, for through him, speaking of Jesus, we both have access by one spirit. Y'all, keep underlining your heart. We have access to the Father by one spirit. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners because of this one spirit, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Now, um, it says here in Ephesians 4, I wrote this down, I didn't want to miss this one. Make every effort, in verse 3, make every effort to keep yourself united in the Spirit, this one Spirit, Binding yourself together with peace. For there, are, there is one body, one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. And if you would, for you that need points, the first point you want to get today, if you really want to be a part and member of the body, amen, and experience your Heavenly Father on the, on the level that you really want to experience Him, the first point you want to get is by one Spirit we do this. By one Spirit. Amen. You see, does anybody need their Heavenly Father today? I need God. 
And because I need God, I, I, I may have the wrong idea of God, and I may think of God on a lens because of influences in the past in my life. Anybody ever been influenced by religious ideas? Very important you get this. Now, it looks like Jesus is frustrated when he's turning the tables over in the temple, doesn't it? But if you look at that a little closer, what Jesus is trying to get a message across to is this. He wants his house clean. In other words, uh, again, I want to say to you today, it's important for you to know, if you feel bad about where you are because of the way you think, the things you've touched, the things you've been involved in, and you don't feel like God wants to accept you, that's the biggest lie that's ever been told. He trusted you with all the stuff because he believes in you. And now since you've been through all that stuff that makes you feel bad, you know how the next person feels. And that is, you mean Jesus might be interested in you understanding how the next person feels that's in your path? And because you can experience him on the level of his grace, which you couldn't experience grace without some stuff in your life, got to have some stuff. Are you telling me, Pastor, I need to go out and do some stupid stuff right now so I can experience grace? Maybe. Whether you like it or not, you're going to do some stuff. Because you are not God. You are God's representative. You are his channel. You're his conduit. He's called you to be the instrument of his love. Without him, you can do nothing so that when you don't have him, you're going to do stupid. You're going to do stuff. And you're not going to feel good about it. And because you failed alone, the enemy's going to convince you, see, their God don't love you, and he's a big liar. Tracking? So by one spirit... By one spirit, we experience, God loves me. I, I'm not guessing, I know this. And so the next person in my path that feels bad about the stuff in their life, I'm touched with a feeling of their infirmity, their challenge, their pain. And, and through me, that one spirit reaches through and grabs them. And gives them a hug from daddy. Amen? And so he's turning the tables over in the temple because he don't want religious influence that says, oh, you don't, you don't, you're not welcome here. We get to choose whether or not you're in or you're out. You don't measure up to our idea of what you should be. Therefore, you cannot participate in the, anybody ever been there before? And so he's turning all that stuff over, saying, uh-uh, you're, you're clear the path. I want them to get to me. The veil's rent. Amen, we're going in. It is rent today. It wasn't rent then, but he's letting them know, I'm clearing all this stuff out, and then I'm going to tear that veil down, and that most holy of holies is going to be available for anybody to come experience God. He chose you. That's important for you to know. By one spirit. And so I'm reading one more passage so that we can get to the meat of what God wants to talk about on Happy Father's Day to our Heavenly Father and to all you awesome fathers that hell's trying to keep out of the mix. You're about to get in the mix. And it's simple and light what God's asking from us. In Colossians 1 and 1, Paul, an apostle, and I'm reading from the Amplified, special messenger, personally chosen, a representative, a saint of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. Paul, the apostle, personally chosen by the will of God in Timothy, our brother. Amen. Paul must have been special. But when you get through reading and when you get through with this message, you'll realize Paul's trying to tell you something about who you are and how special you are by the will of God, by this one spirit. In verse 15, he, speaking of Jesus, is the exact living image. The exact living image. Now, that word image, translated, it, it don't mean idol, it means icon. In our world, images that are built up, they come idols. In this passage, it's icon. 
He's the exact living icon, the essential manifestation of the unseen God, the visible representation of the vis- uh, invisible, the firstborn. In other words, the, origina- the originator, the prototype, that is, of all creation. Jesus is this. So Jesus is the prototype and the icon of all creation. Our fulfillment as children of God is, we, is realized when we allow Jesus to fulfill his purpose, amen, and his destiny through us. Remember, God has limited himself to our involvement, our availability, so he can finish what he started. So the enemy's working overtime to trip us up, to make us feel down and out and less than important so that we'll just sit down and say, well, dude, God can't use me. I'm, I'm too whacked out. I'm too messed up emotionally. I've got stinking thinking running through my mind all the time. How can God use me? Anybody ever thought like that before? Okay, so the devil really does his work excellent. He does a good job at doing his job And we need him to do that. Pastor, be careful. We don't need the devil to do that. Yes, we do. We need him to do his job well so that God can finish what he started and validate the very thing that he wanted more than anything, and that's fellowship with you. So when the devil does his job real good, I get to experience God on a new level through grace and mercy and long-suffering, and patience, and temperance. Anybody need the fruit of the Spirit to work in your life? You see, I'm, I'm talking to you today because you're perfect for what God wants to do in our community. You're the group that's going to explode in our community. And the reason you're here is because the Spirit, that one Spirit, drew you here. On Father's Day, you were here. you're here today because God's going to offer you an opportunity to stand up. Amen? And the enemy is going to go, oh, my goodness, he's going to start running seven different ways. Some of you believe in that right now. Because regardless of how bad you feel and how unfair things appear to be, God trusts you being there because he's knocking on our door. Let me in. If you let me sit down with you, when I get through communion with you, instead of just feeling the fact that I'm with you, I'm going to fill you up with me. And I'm going to empower you to do what you can't do without me. So we've tried the religious thing. Everybody in this room has tried the religious thing, and it don't work. We've tried it. We've worked our rear ends off trying to be good, and it just don't work. At the end of the day, we're wore out. And the Lord's okay with that because it works something good. You're not going to beat up that person in your path when they come to him with trying to be good. You're going to encourage them, quit trying to be good. Amen. Just be who God says you are. And if you'll let him come to his house and fellowship with you, when he gets through with you, you'll be exactly who he says you are. And you're going to have a lot more fun because you can't get there without him. But with him, oh, you're going to arrive there and it's going to get better and better because this thing don't stop getting good for eternity. It just gets better and better. Even when you lay down in that casket and they put you six foot under and your spirit goes back to the one that gave it, amen, it gets better and it gets better and it gets better. Amen. And so we're here for a season. We're here for a time. It's like a vapor. It appears for a moment and it vanishes away. But we're here for this vapor of time to connect and yield. Open up the door and let God in. Fellowship, Daddy. Amen. And get a revelation of who we truly are. This is Father's Day. And I'm going to challenge the hero and the saint thing here for the next few moments. A saint 
amen, is a person who is recognized as having an exceptional degree of holiness set apart for likeness, a closeness to God. A hero is noted as a person for courageous acts and nobility of character. A person could achieve hero status in our world apart from God. We have fallen soldiers that we call our heroes, and rightfully so. Thank you for the heroes in our world that have stood up and become an example. But the past two generations have had little respect for heroes in our world, or if they'd have little understanding of the definition of heroes. Today, heroes are more sports characters and movie Hollywood stars and songwriters, singers, artists, musicians. Amen? They're not really the kind of heroes that can give you the kind of dynamics that make you become who you're designed to be. Amen? There is a difference between a hero and a saint. A hero tries to develop honor and a legacy about themselves. That's a hero. But a saint would rather not be known while impacting others. A saint, a spirit-led follower of Christ, always is willing to die for what they believe. They love in, they, they love in Christ and they do this with joy. This is a saint. A hero will self-protect and self-promote. They make very little room for Jesus and others as a common rule. The goal of a saint is to lay down their lives for others. The goal of a hero is to beat everyone else. Just, just saying. Now, in my generation, we had a better concept of heroes than the generation does today and so me going through this and evaluating the difference between a hero and a saint I was kind of bothered there for a moment I didn't like what I was getting but we have to address the enemy because he comes as a thief to steal kill and destroy amen the faith that God wants us to walk in he or she that hath an ear let them hear what the spirit First point, by one spirit. I can't do this alone, but with God, I can be who he says I am. Amen? And so, <laughs> again, we're talking about Father's Day, and Jesus kind of challenges us when he says to this group that are listening, he says, when you've seen me, you have seen the Father. And he's asking them, how are you asking me to show? You've been looking at the Father the whole time. And so I asked the fathers today, who are people seeing in the path that you walk today? And it's important we deal with that silence because that's good. What if, by chance, God is interested in revealing who he is through you. That Jesus actually came for the objective of revealing who God is. Now, I like the term Jesus is God. Everybody in this room, Jesus is God. Yeah, Jesus is God. Now, I'm going to challenge you. What if God is Jesus? Oh, we just put another light on this thing, didn't we? I have to read just a few more passages. It's, it's important. This is, this is too good. Amen. And, and, it, and it goes this way. Colossians 1.19, For God in all of his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. Colossians 2.9, For in Christ lives all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. The fullness of God in human body. Colossians 5.19, for God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. Uh-oh, we're getting a revelation of the Father. He ain't beating us up because of sin no more. He never did in the first place. Sin is simply separation from God. And he gave us the wonderful message of reconciliation. 
you and I have been given the ministry of reconciliation. That the way, if God is Jesus, Jesus is God, and God's letting us know that he chose to put all his fullness in Jesus. Which, when you talk about Jesus, you're talking about God. He came and made himself a body, and he got in that body, and he manifested. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. Right? Verse 14, and that Word, which was God, was made flesh and dwelt among us. We behold his glory. What glory are we talking about? The Heavenly Father. When you've seen me, you've seen the Father. There's about, the Father's about to stand up. Amen. This, this thing's about to happen because our duty that he's given us is easy and it's light. And it has something to do about what you saw on the screen about the father's hearts being turned back to the children. And if we do what God's asking from us as fathers, I know the ladies are like, boy, I hope all the men get this one today. <laughs> men, God's given us an opportunity to put, to reveal him on a level that only we can. And the ladies know that. We've been given a role to reveal him on a level that only we can. They can't do it. God's commissioned them to be a part of the love story on a level we can't be. But together, this love story begins to, it's breathtaking when we catch it. The, the ladies are not designed to be the fathers. They're telling their different story and they're powerful when they tell it. And how do they tell it? In one spirit. And since we're all members, point number two, of one body, how can the hand say to the foot, I have no need of thee? Just going to tell you, the divorce rate's about to start getting less and less because God's going to start manifesting more and more. And our need for one another is going to elevate because it ain't about me having it my way. And it ain't about me feeling like I need to feel important. No, it's not about me being a hero. It's about me catching a wave of God's presence in such a way that I catch the revelation of who he says I am. And I'm a member of the body of Christ. It's about elevating others into identity. And his children need to know who they are. The joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our Anybody want to get strong? The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. And that kingdom is within you. Did Jesus lie? Well, I feel like he did because I don't feel like that right now. It's because you ain't let him in. I know I've heard several of you say, if I could just stay there at that building with everybody on Sunday and we just didn't go any further, we just stayed right there, I'd be good. Well, yeah, you can feel God, that's great. But to be filled with God, uh-oh, now we done clicked in. We let him in finally. And all of a sudden, experiences start happening that you can't explain. You know stuff you can't explain. You're trying to figure out how to explain it. He won't let you. He ain't going to let you explain it. It's joy unspeakable, full of glory. The half hadn't yet been told. You're not going to explain what God wants you to walk in. He just wants you to trust him. Faith isn't faith if you understand. You want to please, anybody want to please God? <laughs> faith. Faith comes by hearing, having an ear to hear what the Spirit's saying. I don't need to go see a psychiatrist again, Pastor. Well, a psychiatrist needs Jesus. Go see him. <laughs> I think we're tracking now. I think we're clicking in. And this thing is light and easy, by the way. And so when we begin to catch, amen, the dynamics of God chose you to be his house. Look, God's presence abides in his temple. True? I mean, back up, let's go to the Old Testament. He, 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 he had them build a temple, and that's where he put his presence, right? The temple. But he also 
had a type of Christ in that temple called the high priest. There's your icon. Uh-oh, icon. Now somebody's going to catch this in a minute. All of a sudden, saint takes on a different revelation. And so the presence of God rests in the temple. The icon, the high priest comes in, and God and the, high, the priest merge. Fellowship happens. What happens after the high priest and God merge? The high priest comes out, and he blesses all of Israel. Oh, let's make it easier. God creates a garden in the beginning. He needs a temple. He chooses a place. God can, he's everywhere, but he chooses a place as his abode. So he creates a garden. Amen? Where the finite and the infinite merge. And in that garden, his temple, he places his icon, Adam, his high priest. And what does Adam do? He's available. He walks with God. But he tells Adam, you're going to make some choices, Adam. You're powerful. And what makes you so powerful is because you can choose. And the tree of life is right there for him to eat from. But he chooses to eat from death instead because it looks better. How in the world does death look better? I'm telling you, people get to that place in their life where death looks better. They're doing it. <laughs> and the spirit of death can present itself in a unique way. And by the way, the world we're living in, the darkness of this world, it looks attractive at times, don't it? Because all of us have been touched by it. And all of us have made decisions to walk in that realm of death and it didn't bring life when we were doing it and we felt bad that's why some of us right now are thinking man i need jesus today because you want the presence of god you feel to come in and take over thank you jesus but adam god's icon his high priest is where that miracle happened in the garden and when adam walked with god the garden was blessed and adam was able to the presence of God and being a hearer of the voice of God to say only what his father was saying and only doing what his father was doing he can name everything in the garden and it was blessed because of God's icon God's representative some of y'all really tracking now y'all catching oh my goodness oh that's what God yeah that's what he's talking about and so God decides, well, I'm not getting the message through with the old tabernacle plan or the temple of David or the temple of Solomon. <clears throat> I'm going to make me a temple. And so God, Spirit, comes in flesh. And the temple shows up. God in flesh. All the fullness of God. And he's telling the people that's following him, you see all these works I'm doing? You're going to do greater. Because I'm going to prepare a place for you that where I am. And he's not talking about off there one of these days in my father's house or many mansions. Remember so I told you? Everybody's got that off in the future. He's talking about the house of God. He's talking about the church. He's talking about the body of Christ. Jesus ain't dead yet. He's standing there and he's saying, you, where I am right now, that's where you're going to be. And I'm going to finish this thing because I brought the kingdom of God to the earth. And we ain't leaving. We're taking over. We ain't going to take over like the other nations do and the world do. We're going to take over with right standing. Not because you deserve it, because I love you. Peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. We're going to take over. Ain't losing. It's important for you to know you might want to do some homework on that one. God don't lose. He wins. And when we went to the cross, he finished it. And he beat the devil. That's why the important thing is for you to know the enemy got beat 2,000 years ago real good. And God took his keys from him of death, hell, and the grave. And we've heard it before. The devil ain't got the keys to his own house. 
because he don't have one. God owns it all. And the devil is subject to God's parameters. And so the idea, if the enemy's been beat, then who's our enemy? I deal with mine every morning. I look at him in the mirror every morning. He wants to be a hero. He turns into a zero if he keeps trying that thing. But God says, I'm a son. Amen. I'm his icon. I'm his representative. I'm a member of his body. The household of the saints. His kingdom's here. And the only way he can do it is he's limited himself to my willingness to choose him and eat from the tree of life. And so every morning when I get up, I deal with the old guy. Which tree are you going to eat from today? And I have to make a decision to keep the old man in the grave or let him out and have it his way. I've let him out a few times. Man, that's painful when that happens. But when I keep him in and I make a choice to eat from life and it's, okay, Lord, yes is the answer before you tell me where we're going. Just in case I want to fuss. Yes, Lord. Come on, Tony, isn't that right? Yes, Lord. Because he's going to ask you to go with him places that you might, mm, and you're going to need what and able to do that? An experience. And if we don't pause for station identification and let him come to his house, we won't follow him because it don't add up. We have a world right now full of precious children that need fathers to stand up. And they're seeking for answers. And the only hope they have is that the father's hearts are turned back to them. And the Lord showed me that we've let our lives get too busy and we've got too much going on. And we know we need to do this, but as soon as I get things where I need them, I'll do that, Jesus. And something's going on in the dynamics of this room right now that says enough's enough. And the Lord's challenging us to come to realize because young people right now, I'm not talking about this one here. We're going to make sure the babies get to Jesus, right? We're committed to that. That's why kids' lives is important. But when they start turning 12, 13, 14, 15, that hero status of father gets lost because father ain't been standing up in the first place. And he wants to. He just don't know how to do it. By one spirit, one body, number two, and number three, by one glorious hope. We have this hope. This hope that we have is what moves the mountains. Oh, Pastor, that's faith. No, faith is granted much faith. You can say to this mountain, be thou removed, and be removed in the city. When you go check out faith, it's the substance of things. Does anybody hope your children are going to be powerful? Does anybody hope your children will ever answer the call to becoming what you know God has for them, you just don't know how to get them there. And he didn't ask you to know how he was going to do what he does, but he's the one that builds his house. He's the one that finishes his work. He just needs us available. And the question, amen, that the young people need answered is who they really are. They don't know who they are. And they don't know what to do with the voices that are telling them all the lies about who they're not. Who's going to help them find out who they are? Fathers. Moms, you're key to this. You want your babies to be blessed abundantly? For some reason, God chose that fathers be in their lives. 
And in our culture right now, the masculine is pushed down. Men are pushed down. Fathers are discredited in our culture. They're kind of dummies. Pastor, well, don't get so deep on us and so real about this that you scare us. No. The only way this thing's going to shift, one spirit, one body, one glorious hope. And we just quit trying to figure it out, and we walk right into the fire, and we get our kids. Because they're sons of God, every one of them. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Your identity is tied to joy. There's something that makes you tick. And there's something that brings joy to your life that's like breath from heaven. And so what is that? For some children, it might be music. For others, it might be mechanic. And I'm, not, I'm just using these examples. We all know it equals being sons in the kingdom. Because you want to go win all the mechanics and all the musicians and all the whatever. Insurance agents, lawyers, doctors. I mean, some people actually got like, I can't wait to get to, I want to fix that cut. And, and I mean, the arm's broken off and falling. And they, they ain't bothered by it all. It's like, man, let me fix that. I love this. Putting it together. So we've come to a place where it's time to find out what makes the kids tick, Daddy. It's time to ask the right questions. It's time to hang out with them and quit trying to make them who you think they ought to be and let Jesus take over and make him who he knows they are. He's just asking us to be available. Why does children get thrown out of school, expelled, disregarded as being valued? Why does kids get, because they're bad, because they're not worthy, they deserve to be put in jail? Oh, kids are being expelled from school because they hadn't found out who they are. They think they can't be what they want to be because they've been told by many voices that's been lying to them that they can't ever be that. But a daddy stands up, squares up, and realizes how powerful he is. Oh, he's going to make sure they understand. Oh, yeah. Oh, you want to do that? Well, hey, here we are. We're going to start pushing buttons. And that's when a father's heart's been turned back to the children. You're going to be exactly who God says you are. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And I need you to be who you are. And you need me to be who I am. All right, I'm 20 years old, I'm married, and I have very little confidence that I can be who I feel like I want to be. And I'm asking the Lord, Lord, I want to, I really want to be a part of what you want me to be a part of, but mm, these religious ideas says I can't go there. All these tables are in the way, I can't get to the temple, if the, all this stuff's going on, and this religious spirit's are saying, eh, no, you're not going to be able to make it there. And I pull up to a driveway to pick up a man that's like 67 years old then. And this man that's 67 gets in the car, and I'm supposed to take him to breakfast because he's an evangelist that's supposed to be ministering to our church. And he gets in the car, and he looks at me, and he said, I had a dream about you last night. And I really don't know him that well. I just know of him. Dream about you. And in my dream, this is what, what happened. And y'all standing in it right now. 
he don't know what I'm asking God. He don't know what I feel like the Lord wants me because my grandma's praying. And I'm thinking, okay, Grandma, that's a good prayer, and I feel like it, man, I feel like I can do it, but I, I'm doubting it because there's religious stuff in the way that I can't get through. And that man spoke that to me, and when he said it, he watching me. When he said it, he saw the real me come out. And I told him what only I knew that God had been talking to me about. Well, that's all he needed because he saw it. And he positioned himself as only God could do it as a spiritual father. You know how I know that? Because he didn't quit pushing the button. He saw me. He saw the real me when he said what he saw in a dream. He saw the real me, and he kept pushing the button. Come on, daddies. You're about to find out who your kids really are. And if you're going to be a father, you ain't going to stop pushing the button. And that's called loving them, validating them, encouraging them, edifying them. Come on, isn't that what a priest does? Isn't that what an icon in the house of God does? A saint? A son? Hmm, a father? They don't know who they are. And they don't know what to do with the voices that are telling them they can't get there. Is there any fathers ready to do something about that today? If you're a father, and if you're a single parent, single parents, come on moms. There are spiritual fathers in this house. And God's going to show you who they are. And they're going to join with you on this love story. And they're going to help you push the button. And we're going to start pulling kids out of hell. <laughs> Amen. All you fathers, would you stand? Well, how many we got here? Just stand. Come on, fathers. <laughs> you just you doing that when I ask you to do that? Hell is shaking in his pony-toe boots right now. But I have to say, he did his job well. The devil did his job well. Didn't he, guys? He did his job well. Now you're ticked in the right sense. Now you're upset in the right way. Come on, that's, that's when you take and turn over tables. That's when you start clearing the pathway for your children. To get to the host holy place where they become the icon God designed them to be. There's some men here about to turn some tables over. In the right spirit, as Christ and make a path for the next generation. Is this okay, moms? Got to start somewhere, but I'm, you know why I'm saying that, mom. I got an amen out of you. That means... They can't do it without you. They need you support. They need you praying in the spirit. They need you interceding on their behalf. They need you making sure there's honeymoon between you and him. Amen. Where guys, you hear what they're saying, and girls, you're giving them the kiss they want. We're pulling our children out of hell. We ain't got time for the static any longer. They need to know who they are. There's enough playing going on in the kingdom. We gotta quit playing. This is this is the kingdom business. We're gonna shut the voices up that are telling our kids they're not valuable. And men, if you believe that God's calling you to step it up to be his icon in his body, in his house, in his temple. Amen. Between you and God, could you just step out and just start walking forward? And every step is going to be like shaking the very gates of hell. Come on, there was three lepers that finally said, why sit we're here till we die? And when they got to walking... 
This next generation ain't going to die because the men in this hour are powerful. Ladies, if you believe this, will you stand behind them, reach your hands out in the Spirit right now. Come on, there's some of you going to start praying in the Spirit. There's declarations in this house. There's prophetic utterances that heaven has already endowed you with, ladies, that make all the difference for these fathers and for our community. Father, I thank you for this word today. I thank you for mighty men of valor. I thank you for the anointing that is in the room right now, the call from heaven. They don't know how you're going to do it. We're all your little boys. We're, we're at your mercy. We're at your grace. We're at your goodness, Lord, right now. Only you can establish this boldness, this zeal, this passion, this burning on the inside that won't let us alone. Only you can do this right now, Father. And I'm thanking you for the, the wind that's blowing in the Spirit. One Spirit, one body, one hope. Fire from heaven, fall. Let your Spirit, Lord, validate these men and stir them to a yes, Lord, attitude every waking moment of every day, taking care of their call from heaven to take care of the next generation and validate them and confirm, amen, and edify and strengthen and encourage and build them up, Lord. Thank you for men that's going to take their role and love the children like we're supposed to. In Jesus' name. Whew. Just you in heaven today, men. Can we lift our hands and surrender to God? Huh, that's it. Don't that feel good? Pick me up, Daddy. Pick me up, Daddy. Let me know your presence like I've never known it before in Jesus' name.